0: Real quick, I want to tell you about a free webinar I'm hosting on April 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time called Repurposing Content for Your Podcast. Depending on the guru of the day, you need a podcast, you need to be on TikTok, you need to be posting on LinkedIn, and don't forget your own blog and newsletter. And this can lead to burnout fast. But I'm here to tell you a better way. By repurposing content, there's a reason I'm able to publish three podcast episodes per week, three newsletters, and post on LinkedIn almost daily. So in this free 60-minute podcast, webinar. You will learn how to capture content ideas as easily as possible, how to build your own content flywheel from content you've already created, how to keep track of everything, and how to create a two-way street where you're repurposing for and from your podcast. Sign up for free today at profitablepodcaster.fm slash repurpose. If you are struggling to create content You need this webinar. Again, that URL is profitablepodcaster.fm slash repurpose. Hey, everybody, I'm going to start off this episode by telling you that I am not a lawyer and everything you hear on this episode should not constitute legal advice. I'm going to tell you about my experiences working over many years with many different brands and companies on a bunch of different projects, and how I have dealt contractually with sponsorships in the past. So there you go. I'm not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. This is just my shared experience and what you might look for and how I have handled things. So listener Erin wrote in and she asked about a contract for sponsorship. She said that she's been getting requests, congratulations for sponsorship and she was looking for a template for a contract for sponsorships. Now I will say um I I would recommend that you if you run a business, you should have a lawyer or a lawyer friend who you can ask questions to. Um, I ran this by my lawyer several years ago, uh, but I don't use a contract. I use an insertion order. And so in today's episode, I'm going to talk about what an insertion order is versus a contract, what to do when a brand presents you with a contract that you don't necessarily want to sign or isn't relevant, and how to deal with payment terms. So that's what we're going to talk about today on Make Money Podcasting. Hello, and welcome to Make Money Podcasting, where I teach you how to make your first $10,000 with your podcast. On this show, you'll learn tried and true methods to increase your revenue and turn your podcast from a money pit into a money maker. Hi, I'm your host, Joe Casabona, and my podcasts have been making money from day one. Without a lot of downloads, I'll share everything I know with you here on Make Money Podcasting. Okay, so first off, do you use a contract or do you use what I use, which is an insertion order? Uh, I should say uh, you should do whatever makes you most comfortable as well as whatever you work out with the brand. That may be different. I've run sponsorships where I just basically included the terms on the invoice, and that was good enough for some, and I've signed some pretty in-depth contracts that I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, But an insertion order or an I.O. is an agreed-upon order given by an advertiser or their agency for an advertisement to be inserted on a publisher's site uh, or whatever, site, podcast, content. So that's what an insertion order is. And my insertion order has just like a few things uh, that I think would are helpful to define in the relationship. So My insertion order has who's the publisher and who's the advertiser, the date the insertion order was drawn up, the placement and conditions, the cost per episode, the final price, any discounts, and then the total. So this is kind of like a, a rehash of the invoice. It has the campaign start date, and then it has the ad dates and terms. So it'll say something like, Sponsorship will run for 12 episodes starting on January 6th or whatever. That's when this insertion order that I'm reading uh, happened to start. Um, and the dates listed below. and then i I listed the dates. After that, I have the spots will run between the 10 and 30 minute mark of each episode. That's maybe too much detail. Dates could also be too much detail. like if you don't if you don't publish on a regular schedule or you have, certain other obligations maybe you don't want to put the exact dates but i put the exact dates um, cuz that helps the advertiser kind of understand when their when their ads are going to run and then i mentioned all of the things i included in a most likely custom package and then i have the payment terms so you know payment should be done upon receipt if you don't pay within x amount of days uh, this will result in start date adjustment or cancellation. I have that because I've had people say, yeah, we totally want to do this. And then they don't pay me. And I either don't run the ads, but haven't sold those ads or I've run some ads and didn't get paid for them. So um, I'll say invoicing is done is to be done and paid for before the start of the campaign, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, two signature lines. So that's an insertion order. It's really very simple. Some things I don't include, and I don't recommend you include in assertion in an insertion order, unless you're charging CPM. Is how many downloads you'll guarantee. You should never guarantee a certain number of downloads uh, if you're not doing. If you're not selling CPM, which is cost per milli, which is basically the cost per number of thousand downloads right so if you say this is going to get 10,000 downloads uh so that'll be 200 bucks and then it gets like four downloads fine i never charge C- i never charge per cpm and i never guarantee downloads there's one time i did it and i regret it and i'll talk it i'll talk about that in a minute uh so that's really the main thing i don't re- like don't make any real guarantees except for Yes, you are buying this number of ads. Paying ahead of time guarantees you'll get this number of ads in the show. Any other terms you want to work out with the brand, you can do that. You know, uh, sometimes a brand will want first right of refusal. I offer that anyway. So basically I'll say like, hey, if they do a long campaign, like, hey, you did a long campaign, I'm going to renew. Do you want to re-up? is sort of what I'll do there. I talked about that on last week's episode, episode 212. But I I won't even, unless they pay extra, I won't even guarantee exclusivity. Again, that's another mistake I made. And then I, I ran competitors, unbeknownst to me, competitors against one another, right? So one of the things I do is if if I guarantee exclusivity, uh, they basically have to buy up all of the ad space, so that I can't sell anymore. Right? So uh, I run three ads per episode or three sponsor spots per episode. If someone wants exclusivity, they have to buy all three spots. That's how they get exclusivity. Um, and uh, and then as far as like adjacent episodes go, I don't I don't guarantee that. Like I'm just you get if you want exclusivity, you buy all of the ad space for this episode and that's it. Um, or first, you know, if they want six months and they have to buy six months worth of all three episodes, like that's just kind of how it works for me. Um, so maybe if you're interested, we could talk in a future episode about like my philosophy on running competitors in episodes. I've thought about this. I haven't had to do it yet, but I'm open to it. So, Again, I don't I don't usually use a contract. I use an insertion order. It's a lot clearer. The terms are a lot simpler. I have had brands present me with big contracts for running ads on my podcast. These are again, they're giant companies. They're like a well-oiled machine as far as this goes. And they'll write in some of those things I just mentioned. They want exclusivity. So you can't run competitors within, within a certain date of when you last ran their ad. That costs, I'm just going to tell you, that should cost more money. If you have to turn away other ads because this other brand wants exclusivity, that costs money. They also wanted me to guarantee a number of downloads based on what I told them. Uh, They paid CPM, and I had to prove after 30 days how many downloads I got. If I didn't meet that threshold or within 10% of that threshold, I had to do what's called a make good episode, which means that I basically had to run another ad spot for free. I was very excited because this was like a big name in, in the space, in the podcast advertising space, really. And so I went along with it, but it really kind of bit me, because then I ended up running a Make Good episode in an already full episode, right? So I had four ads, which annoyed my listeners, and then I ended up just saying, like, you know what, just don't even pay me. And this was the other thing, right? They didn't pay until 30 days after the ad ran. So I basically went against everything I usually do. And it was just a bad experience. So I guess the takeaway here is within reason, stick to your guns. If you want to be paid up front, be paid up front. And if the, if the sponsor walks, you know, maybe you really need the money and you can wait that extra 30 days. But I get, I get paid up front unless I already have a relationship with the company. There have been times where like the company says, we absolutely don't pay. Uh, up front, and I say, well, those are those are my terms. And then they'll usually come back and say, like can we split? Usually can we split? You know, I want to compromise and I, I, I do understand that some companies are big and have like their own comptroller or whatever, like their own accounting department, and they have these rules. and one of the rules is like you the invoice gets put into their system and then they don't cut a check for 30 days. Someone, it has to go up the chain and get signed or whatever. I understand that. Um, and so I will work with companies in that regard, but 99% of the time I get paid up front, especially if it's a short run. I have a minimum of four episodes. If you're doing four episodes, nah, you got to pay me up front. That's not, that's not enough money for me to, to break my paid up front rule if it's like $20,000, yeah, I get it. I get it. Some it's like, that's five figures. Someone's going to have to approve that. Um, and so if we, if, if we break it up, that's fine. Uh, And usually at that price, it's a long, it's a longer term one too. Right. So if it's like you pay me half before we start and then half in two months, we're not even halfway through the campaign at that point. Right. So everything up until that point has been paid. So that is, that's my advice. If you're presented with a contract, again, this is up to you and this is not legal advice, but you should, you shouldn't bend because of who wants to sponsor you. And generally what I will do is you've got to pay a lot more for exclusivity And you need to pay up front. And uh, I don't guarantee downloads. It's just not something that's within my control. You know, what if nobody cares about this episode I put out? Uh, That's not, that's not what we agreed to, right? Because the other thing is that I'm not doing dynamically inserted ads. Those ads are going to be there forever. So even if you don't get it in the first 30 days, if for some reason that episode blows up in the, in six months, everybody's going to hear your ad anyway. So that's the other thing. Now, sometimes this has happened to me before too. Uh, I've been presented with what's called a master service agreement. So some of these very big companies have a blanket service agreement that they send to everybody i've seen this mostly almost exclusively in the tech space and it is very obvious i'm a former developer i'm not former i guess i still develop but i used to to develop professionally like that's what i did before i got into podcasting um and this master service agreement is very obviously for developers so it'll have like ip clauses it'll have on location clauses it'll have um stuff about open source and ownership uh and First of all, that's not, if you, If I'm writing code for a company, yeah, for sure, it's pro- you're probably, you're going to own that code, right? You are paying me to develop the code for you. You don't own my podcast or my YouTube channel because you ran an ad in it. Uh, the other thing is that in these MSAs, right, because again, usually it's like a giant company hiring a slightly smaller company. They're required to, to carry a certain amount of liability insurance in these MSAs. And that's for independent creators like us. Like that's just not feasible. So it's frustrating when you get these, right? Because it's very obvious that they sent you a boilerplate and it makes the contract negotiation process longer, but definitely read those things because most of it is not going to apply to you and your contact at the company is going to know that uh and and so my last point here is don't be afraid to redline things anything and again like you have a you should have a lawyer look over a contract or whatever practically speaking i don't pay a lawyer to review every contract i get um i just try to eliminate as much as i possibly can that that i feel uncomfortable signing um, and so don't be afraid to redline things. Most of the time in, in my experience, most of the time, uh, the brands recognize when something is not applicable to you and they'll allow for the red line. So in, in, in a recent one, there was the ownership clause and I was like, you don't own my content. Um, you don't even get licensed to my content. I'm just, I'm mentioning you in my content. Uh, and there was the insurance clause, and I redlined those. And I said, "You don't, I don't need these." I almost, I almost redlined the, like on premises background check. There's like a whole, usually in a, in an MSA, the ones I've seen at least. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I've seen clauses that are like, if you come onto our property, we need to do a background check, and we need to do this, and you need to have this. And I'm like, I'm never gonna be on your property. But like because it's like a conditional clause, basically, usually I just leave that one in there. Um, But again, not a lawyer. So the overall message here is do not be afraid to redline contracts you get from brands. I try to have my own insertion order, my own contract that I send over. Some places just require you to have their MSA or their contract. Redline. Redline it. Remember, this is about protecting you. And one brand walking away because they have a ridiculous clause is fine. I was presented with a contract one time for like an influencer contract uh, that basically said I had to write. They paid me per event, and they never it never covered the full cost of me traveling to an event. Uh, and then I had to spend time like most of my free time at their booth at the event, I had to write four pieces of content for them throughout the year. And I couldn't promote any, anything from their competitors online or offline. And that is just not possible. So I was like, uh, we need to get rid of all of this. And when they said they couldn't get rid of the competitor thing, I said, I got to walk then. And then I signed a much bigger contract with one of their competitors. So protect yourself most of all. Okay. So let's wrap up on a happy note here because I know like contracts can be scary and, and I'm like a, a wannabe lawyer, but I'm not a lawyer. Um, but I spend like an inordinate, inordinate amount of time, like reading about contracts and things like that. Um, Most of the time, a sponsorship for your podcast, especially if it's below five figures, is likely going to require only an insertion order. I've had five-figure contracts or five-figure invoices where the insertion order was a note on the invoice, basically saying, like, this is what you're buying, right? Because that's what's happening. We're not entering into a contractor agreement. They are buying inventory from me. And so that's how I treat it. And just like buying inventory, you're telling them what they're buying and they are paying for it up front. And if you go in thinking that, you'll get it most of the time. And if you're willing to bend a little bit with the understanding that very big companies uh, have a net 30, net 60, or even net, I've seen net 90 before and I'm like, this is not going to work for me. Most companies have these policies. You're the person you're working with will probably be able to work with you in some way, shape or form. Don't be afraid to walk away. All right, that's it for this episode of Make Money Podcasting. If you liked it, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, a rating and review. I will read it on the show. I really appreciate it. If you have any questions about this stuff, or if you want to hear from an actual lawyer, let me know and I'll arrange that. I have lawyer friends. So, Uh, Thanks so much for listening to Make Money Podcasting. I really appreciate it. For all the show notes, you can head over to makemoneypod.com slash 213. And until next time, I can't wait to see what you make. Hey, before you go, I want to tell you about a free resource I have. Called my podcast process templates. They are a set of notion documents that give you a full podcast planner, a show planner, and even some AI prompts to help you. you can head over to podcastworkflows.com slash templates. That's podcastworkflows.com slash templates to get your free podcast process templates today.